Hey everybody, thanks for joining us at the Central and Janesville podcast. Please remember to check us out on centraljanesville.com throughout the week. We're excited for wherever God's got you at right now, and we hope this message brings you a little closer. Thanks. In the beginning, there was a darkness, a, a void of light. There was the heavens and there was the earth. Uh, the earth was formless and empty, consumed by the darkness. The darkness, it, it seemed to go on without end. It, it stretched and occupied every inch of space. But a voice called out, the, the same voice that had created the heavens, the same voice that had created the formless and empty earth, uh, the voice called out and spoke the words, let there be light. And there was light. God the Creator saw that the light was good. He separated the light from the darkness, allowing the light to shine into all the crevices that the darkness had once dominated. God called light day and He called darkness night. There was evening and and there was morning, and, and that was the first day. The first day of creation, God spoke the light into existence a light that chased off the darkness, and, and he saw that the light was good. Well, but what, what did God see that, that made the light so good? Was it uh, the brightness? Was it the way it illuminated the formless and empty earth? Or, or was it good because he knew that it was going to help what he had planned next? Uh, this was the beginning, the beginning of all things. The start of a creation that God saw to be good. Each step in the creation of the world, God had a purpose. In Genesis, the first book of the Bible, we see day by day how God created the world, and and we read and we see how God saw His creation to be good. But again, what made all of these things good? Uh, Was it the brilliance of the sky? Uh, Was it the majesty of the mountains, the vastness of the oceans? Or, Or was it good because He knew it would help what He had planned next? Maybe it was the, the, the beauty of all the vegetation, the, the trees and the flowers covering the hillsides, or, or was it good because he knew it would help what he had planned next? Was it the perfect position of the sun and the moon, the, the stars just scattered across the sky, or, or was it good because he knew it would help what he had planned next? Was it the mass amount of fish, all the creatures that occupied the sea, the, uh, the way the birds flew so elegantly in the sky? Or, or was it good because he knew it would help what he had planned next? Uh, maybe the roar of a lion, maybe a, a baby cub gently nursing on its mother, the, the creatures and the critters that lived in the trees and on the land, or, or was it good because he knew it would help what he had planned next, but, but what did he have planned next? What more could he create that would also be good in his eyes? What more could he add to this world that he had spoken into existence? Here's what it says in Genesis. Then God said, let us make humankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created humankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female. He created them. The the creation of of humankind, Adam and Eve, created in the image of God. He, He looked at his creation as he finished, and he thought, this is very good. Not just good, but very good. The goodness of God. 
We see it clearly in the story of creation. We, we see it clearly in each step that he took in creating the world. Uh, but the truth is, we don't always feel very good, do we? Sometimes we may even struggle to see how we fit into God's good creation. Now, I'm sure you've had days just like me where you're staring off at the sky, wondering if God is looking down on you, thinking that you are good. Because here's the truth, we're not perfect. We can do our best to try and create good things in our own lives, lives but there, there are times where we fail at doing so. We have a plan to create that goodness, but sometimes it just doesn't go the way we expected. Sometimes our expectation does not match the reality. Uh, have you ever watched the show Nailed It on Netflix? Uh, these home bakers, they're trying to recreate these, um, these professional cakes and it usually does not go the way they expect. Or, or maybe you've done that at home. Maybe you've, you've wanted to create a cake or some kind of baked goods for a loved one, and you see a picture, and you're like, I, I could do that. But then once you finish, you're like, oh my gosh, mistakes were made. What have I created? Uh, here's some examples. So there's the expectation at the top, and then the reality at the bottom. Reality does not look too good. Uh, for Cookie Monster there. Next one, that is one sick monkey. Um, okay, last one. Minnie Mouse has seen better days. She's probably going through something, though. We can't judge her. Um, but the expectation, it, sometimes it doesn't match the reality, right? Mistakes were made. And truthfully, sometimes our lives can feel like one of those failed cakes. We try so hard to do something good, we have this expectation of what that good thing is going to look like. But when things don't go the way we expect, when, when things don't go the way we plan, when the reality is different from the expectation, it impacts us. When I was in sixth grade, we were in art class and um, we were given an assignment to create a, a bowl out of clay. And so he, our teacher, he gives us the clay, he gives us the list of instructions, things we're supposed to follow while creating the bowl. Then we got to choose whatever colors we want. We could paint it, and then we were uh, supposed to take it and put it in the kiln, and then he would fire it and do whatever he did later. Um, so as I created my bowl, I was excited. I wanted my bowl to be unique. I wanted it to, it to be um, something that people looked at and, and were impressed by. I started to think of all the things I'd use my bowl for. Cereal, I could put mac and cheese in it. You name it, my bowl was going to hold it. Uh, so I, I continued to create my bowl. I, eventually I finished it. I painted it, did everything I was supposed to do. Uh, I stared at it. I was proud of my creation. Uh, I carefully etched my name into the bottom of it, and then I went and I placed it into the kiln. The next week, we all shuffled into the art classroom, excited to see how our creations had turned out. Uh, there was a table that, that had all of our creations sitting on it, and so we, we, go, we go and we get in line, waiting our turns. Kids are amazed at what the colors look like after coming out of the kiln. Kids are excited about the grades they had received on their bowls that they created. I get to the table, I kind of scan the table for my bowl, I see it. Next to my bowl is a note it says, incomplete, too many mistakes. Incomplete mistakes? I, I made a bowl. I followed the instructions. I, I did what I thought I was supposed to do. Why did I receive an incomplete? I, I headed to the teacher. 
I asked him, well, why did I get an incomplete? And he says, because it's not a bowl. It doesn't even look like a bowl. You did not follow the directions. The kids, they all overheard and they giggled to themselves as the teacher pointed out everything I had done wrong. In the teacher's defense, he wasn't being mean. He was saying it all in a nice way and he was going to allow me to redo it. But I, I took my seat just feeling defeated. The giggles from the other kids still echoing in my ears. I stared at my creation and began to see what the teacher was saying. It, it did not look like a bowl. It, it looked like uh, a demented or deformed tower. Once the bell rang, I shoved my failed creation into my backpack and I, I headed out. Once I got home from school that day, I, I, I got my failed bowl, my failed creation out of the backpack I just kind of stared at it. I had been so excited to get it home. I had my favorite cereal waiting. I was excited for my parents to see it. But as I looked at it, all, all I could think of was the way the kids laughed. All I could think of was how I failed to create something good. All I could think of was how the reality did not match my expectation. It was not what I had planned, so after one last look at the failed bowl, I, I tossed it into the trash can in our kitchen, and I, I walked away. Now, have you been there, though, feeling like a failure? Again, like you just can't seem to create anything good in your life, and obviously it goes beyond creating a, a clay bowl. You want good in your marriage. You want good in your job. You want good in your finances. But sometimes things just don't go the way you expect them to go. And you're constantly faced with this reality that you had not planned for. As a result, we tend to feel embarrassed. We begin to feel sorrow and regret. All of that begins to snowball into this lack of self-worth. Struggling to see the good in ourselves. We begin to have a distorted view of ourselves. We begin to stare blankly into the mirror. Looking ourselves in the eyes, we, we examine our reflection and we begin to dissect every one of our failures, every one of our mistakes. Draped in sorrow, draped in regret, we, we stare in the mirror, we can barely recognize ourselves. And as we stare in the mirror, we begin to think to ourselves, too many mistakes. And the mistakes, they, they blind us and continue to distort uh, the view that we have of ourselves. Well, but things used to be so different, right? Uh, there were so many times where you felt secure in your own capabilities. So often you saw the good in everything. You felt so secure in God's love for you. Where did we get lost along the way? How do we find our way back? Back to God's power, back to God's grace, back to God's love. Uh, how do we have hope? For good in our lives. The book of Genesis, it's the book of beginnings. Literally, that's what the word Genesis means, the beginning, the origin, the, the formation of something. God has given us a record of this beginning. Through this record, we see the God of the universe revealing himself to humanity through his creation. And step by step, through the process of creation, we see God's heart in every aspect of what he created. The glory and the richness of God, it is seen in, in everything he's created. And as we step back and we marvel at his handiwork, we begin to see the majesty of it all. We begin to see the good that he saw in it when he created it. We begin to see the, his reasoning for creating the world the way he did. We also be, begin to see specific qualities of God 
as we examine his creation, here's what Paul wrote in Romans. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power, divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. We may not be able to physically see God, right? But what we can see through God's creation is a clear depiction of God's incredible power. We can see it in the size, the complexity of creation. We can see it in the beauty. We can see it in the order, the the design of it all. God's power can be seen every time you walk out your front door. It can be seen in the trees. It can, can can be seen in the sky. It can be seen as the rain falls from the heavens above. The power we see through creation, it leads us to this truth. God's power in creation, it surrounds us. God's power, it's all around us, and we can't escape it if we're looking for it. He has revealed himself to us so that we could be aware of his power and his might, so that we could be aware of his sovereignty. Here's what Paul wrote in Ephesians, and you will know God's great power. It can't be compared with anything else. His power works for us who believed. Surrounded by his power through creation, we can be confident that nothing is impossible with God. Even when we feel like life isn't going the way we expected, things just aren't going the way we planned, we can be certain that the sovereignty of God, it is working in our lives even when we don't see it. Because of God's power, we can have hope for good. Remember what God said was very good people, right? God not only saw that his creation was good, but he saw that it was good for what he had planned next. He saw it was good for us. With the creation of Adam and Eve, we see God's desire to have relationship with his creation. We also see God's desire for humans to partner with him in taking care of his good creations. The the goodness of God portrayed in his gift of creation to us. His provision for us starting before we were ever even born. Again, here's another, another verse from Ephesians. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. Before the creation of the world, we were, we were chosen by him, chosen to receive all these gifts of creation, chosen to be the recipients of his grace. Now, everything we see that he created by his power, it is a gracious gift. And that grace that we see through the creation story, it leads us to this, this truth. God's grace in creation, it includes us. His grace is not only rooted in the creation of all things, but it's rooted in the creation of humans. It's it's rooted in you and me. Another verse from Ephesians, For it's by grace you have been saved, through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not by works, so no one can brag about earning it. A a grace that we did not earn, a, a grace that we do not deserve but a grace that he gives as a gift, a gift that we get to open, a a gift that we get to enjoy. But just like any gift, that grace that God gives so freely, it can be rejected, it can be refused. So it's our choice to receive it, our choice to look at all the wonders of creation and see God's desire for us to be part of it. Included in his grace through creation, we can be confident that his provision for us will be sufficient at all times. Even when we feel like things just aren't going the way we expected, things just aren't going the way we planned, we can be certain that God's grace is enough. And it's our choice to realize because of God's grace, we can have hope for good. 
In Genesis chapter 1, we read that God spoke, right? And there was light. He spoke this world into existence. He spoke and there were mountains. He spoke and there was a solar system. He spoke and there were trees and vegetation. He spoke and there was wildlife. Uh, But when it came to humans, he did things a little different. Here's what it says in Genesis. Then the Lord God formed a man. He made him out of the dust of the ground. God breathed the breath of life into him. And the man became a living person. When God made man, when he made humans, he, he didn't just speak, he used his hands. He, he used his personal touch. And from the dirt of the earth, from something that was considered to be next to nothing, God formed a human. And then God took a deep breath and breathed into man. The Hebrew word for breath is ruach. And it actually imitates the very sound of breath. But what's interesting is that it's the exact same word used for spirit. So God created man by putting his breath, his spirit within him. With his hands he formed us, with his breath he breathed his spirit into us, creating us in his image to bear his nature, to bear his goodness. Everything good in God he has placed in us. All of his good characteristics are buried inside of us, just aching to get out, ready to pour out of us. But it's up to us to show those characteristics. It's, it's up to us to reflect his nature, to reflect his goodness in, his, in our lives and in everything we say and everything we do. We start to recognize those characteristics as our relationship with God grows. As we grow to know God more, as we deepen our relationship with him, it makes us more kind, it makes us more patient, it makes us more gentle and humble. The nature of God just bursting out of us as he intended when humans were first created. Here's what it says in the book of Isaiah. Lord, you are our father. We are the clay. You are the potter. Your hands made all of us. Fully understanding that every person is created delicately and intimately by the hand of God, created in his spirit, created in his image. It changes the way we view ourselves. It changes the way we view other people. It allows us to access what God buried deep inside of us, When he created humans in the very beginning, it allows us to see his love inside of us. The love that he breathed into humankind when he created us. God's love in creation is in us. We are created in his image, created to bear his nature and goodness, created to reflect his love. It's because of God's love in us that we desire to show all the characteristics he has placed inside of us. Knowing the deep and intimate love God has for us and and placed inside of us, we can be confident in Him and and we can trust that He has our best interest in in mind no matter what. Even when things aren't going the way we expect, things aren't going the way we plan because of God's love, we can have hope for good. We, We can trust in God's love. His power, it surrounds us. His grace, it includes us. And His love, it is in us. In 2010, I was struggling to find the good in myself. Um, I, I, was, I, was, I had just moved to Puerto Rico. I was living out this dream of, of working at a school there. Um, but I felt like a failure. At it. I felt like, honestly, I, I was not good at it. I was looking in the mirror and thinking that I, I was having, making all these mistakes as a teacher. And um, I remember heading home to Beloit for Thanksgiving break. 
I had not been home since I had moved to Puerto Rico earlier that year in, in August. So being home, it was so refreshing. It, there was part of me, though, that, that didn't want to go back to Puerto Rico. I thought, if I'm not going to be good at this, if I'm just going to fail, why would I go back? Why, why even try? And so I, I was struggling with trying to figure out what to do. Uh, deeply worried, deeply sad about it all. Living in Puerto Rico had been my dream for so long, and there I was just thinking about letting it all go. My, my self-worth was dwindling as a result. I had a distorted view of myself. I remember one day when I was home over break, I went to the church to help my mom. She was moving offices. Um, So I was helping her move box after box, and the whole time I was just lost in thought, trying to think of what to do. Um, So focused on my mistakes. So focused on, on not being good enough. Eventually, my, my mom says, hey, don't forget the flower vase on my desk. And I say, okay. Head back to her office. I see the flowers on her desk. I mindlessly pick up the flower vase and start to leave with it. And there's something familiar about this vase, though. I look at it, and then it clicks. It's my failed bowl from sixth grade art class. I stare at it in disbelief. I look on the bottom, and there's my name etched into the bottom. Like, how the heck did it get here? My mom comes into the office, and I say, Mom, oh, where did you get this? She says, I don't know. You, you made it when you were little. I've had it for years. I said, yeah, but I threw it away. She says, oh, yeah, I remember now. I was going to throw something away in the kitchen trash can, and, and there was this beautiful flower vase just sitting on top of the trash, and your name was written in the bottom of it. There was no way I was going to allow that to be thrown away. I said, it's not a flower vase. It's supposed to be a bowl. She said, well, it doesn't look like a bowl. I said, I know. But this thing that I had seen as worthless, my mom, she viewed it differently. This thing that I had thought was full of mistakes a representation of failing at trying to make something good. My mom, she viewed it differently. She viewed it as something that could hold beauty. And like beautiful flowers, she viewed it as something useful, something good, because it was made by me. Because it had my name etched in the bottom, there was no way she was going to allow it to be thrown out. I, I went home that night, continuing to think about that failed bowl, that, that rescued bowl now. Um, it led me to spending time in prayer uh, with God. It led me to reading the Bible. And that night I read the first few book, or I'm sorry, I read the first few chapters of the book of Ephesians. Uh, I read scriptures that I've sprinkled throughout this message. Uh, one other scripture I read that night from Ephesians is this, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. And in that moment, I was no longer worried about going back to Puerto Rico. It it was a dream that God had given me. I was not going to give up on it. I knew that even though I didn't feel so good about myself sometimes, I knew with Him I I could accomplish anything because He is all-powerful. I knew I could overcome any obstacle because His grace, it is sufficient. And I knew I could have confidence in myself because I was God's handiwork, created in His image, created to reflect the same love that He had placed inside of me. This, um, 
This is my failed bowl. It does look like a demented tower. I could have drank stuff out of it, I guess. I never thought about that until now. My, my mom, she still keeps it on her desk today. She keeps pens and pencils in it instead of flowers, but that's okay. But in the beginning of the world, God created everything for good, displaying his power, his grace, his love, and he poured his goodness into us. But as we know, the first humans, Adam and Eve, they made a mistake. Sin came into the world, and with it came shame, sorrow, and regret. With it came this disconnect between God and his most prized creation, humans. Something he had created to be very good. Something he had created in his image now tarnished because of sin and mistakes. Something, quite honestly, that we still feel today. There's times where we allow sin to just trample our lives. Leading us to feel that disconnect. Leading us to feel as though we are not good. Leading us to look in the mirror and think too many mistakes. But as we look at the story of creation, we see the foundation being set for God's plan for our rescue. We see the lengths that God was willing to go in order to reconnect with us. We see that he loves us so much that he had a plan for our salvation, a plan that would bring us back into his power, back into his grace, a plan that would bring us back into his love. And that plan, it was Jesus. God sent his one and only son to be our rescue, his one and only son to live a perfect and blameless life, to be our sacrifice, to die on the cross and three days later be risen from the dead, conquering the grave, defeating sin, restoring our connection with God, restoring the good that God had poured into creation in the very beginning, restoring God's relationship with us. We are God's masterpiece, his work of art. He has formed us and designed us uniquely. He has created us to bear his image, to bear his goodness. And there is no way he was going to allow us to be thrown away because we were made by him. He has etched his name in each and every one of our souls, proclaiming that we belong to him. And because of the work Jesus did for us on the cross, God tears away the sorrow that we drape ourselves in. God tears away the regret that we drape ourselves in. And as we turn away from sin, as we seek out God's truth, as we surrender to him, he restores our vision. It's no longer distorted. He shows us who we truly, truly are, his children. Because rest assured, there were no mistakes made when God created you. You hear me? Absolutely no mistakes. You are God's most prized creation. You were made to hold his beauty, made to grow and blossom in his love and his goodness. So the next time you look in the mirror and you think to yourself too many mistakes, you can remind yourself, I am a child of God. And that truth, that statement, that covers any mistake. That covers any false expectations or whatever reality you may face. And and as you remember, I am a child of God no matter what. As you rest in that truth, as you rest in Jesus, as, as God restores your vision, showing you clearly who you were created to be, you, we can proclaim that we will not bow down to unfulfilled expectations. We will not bow down to a diminished self-esteem. 
We will not bow down to sorrow or regret. We bow down to the one who was in the beginning, to the one who will be in the end. We bow down to the creator of all things. We bow down to the one whose image we bear. We bow down to the risen lamb, Jesus Christ. He is the only expectation we desire, and he is the only reality that we need. We are children of the most high God, the same God that spoke the first word in the very beginning and the same God that will have the last word at the very end of all things. We are his. And all thanks to Jesus, our place in creation, it is restored. All thanks to Jesus, we are adopted by God, allowing us to inherit his power, inherit his grace, and inherit his love. All thanks to Jesus, we can have hope for good in our lives. And because of Jesus, it is finished. And once again, it is very good. Thanks again for joining us on the Central and Janesville podcast. Remember to check us out at centraljanesville.com. Have a great week.